0: Welcome to Bite by Bite Nutrition for Life, a broadcast of Purdue University Extension, where we cut through the hype, explore the science behind food and nutrition, and provide practical tips for incorporating healthful strategies into everyday life. Welcome back to Bite by Bite podcast. Uh, this week I am joined by our social media guru, Abby Smith. So uh, you're going to hear a few different voices today instead of just Tanya and I. But if you remember our last episode on 10 myths nutrition experts would like to see die, we mentioned that soy raises the risk of breast cancer was one of those 10 myths. And so Abby is actually the one here today to talk with us about um about the subject and dig in a little deeper. So I want to first talk about where we find soy in our diets. And many consumers who are trying to eat a higher plant-based diet are familiar with foods like tofu and soy milk. Um, But there are actually lots of meat alternatives that are made with soy as well. And then soy is found in many foods you might not expect, like canned broths maybe, um, and soups some of your frozen dinners, um, some of those high protein bars that you're eating, salad dressings, even Worcestershire sauce, which I can't believe I put that one in here to have to say that on the air, Uh, (laughs) just to name a few. So if you're eating a predominantly animal-based diet, you might think that the subject has nothing to do with you, but it actually might, depending on what other foods you're eating in your diet.
1: Yes. And so with soy foods, we should make sure to mention that they really come in three categories. Um, They come in fermented, non-fermented, and then soy ingredients. And so a lot of the times we maybe loop them all, lump them all together, but really first fermented soy foods are like tempeh, miso, and soy sauces. Um, And then non-fermented soy foods are things like edamame, dry soybeans, soy sprouts, and tofu, and that's where things that would fall into protein bars or cereals as well. And then the last is soy as an ingredient. So, um, soy can be used as an ingredient in things like textured soy protein, soy protein isolate, or soybean oil. So, if you ever look on the back of a Nutrition Facts label, um, you might find that there's lots of soy products in your food, a food product that you maybe didn't even think had soy, if you look for some of those words like textured soy protein or soy protein isolate, you might find that it does contain soy.
0: Man, Abby, you name named some of my favorite soy products, miso <laughs> and um, some soy sauce. That, that pretty much can go into any one of my meals. I know that much. Yes. Uh, so let's start off with the big question though, Abby. And does soy, as the Tim miss say, does soy raise the risk of breast cancer?
1: So that is a very big question to start out with. Um, This is something that has been studied so much over the last 30 or so years, soy and breast cancer. There's so much research that has gone on to this. Um, There's research that has tried to um, go on one side or the other side, but most of the research about why um, soy foods gets so much attention is because um, we have really wanted to prove that it does. Um, And maybe over the last 30 years, we have figured out that maybe it doesn't um, raise the risk of breast cancer as much as we thought. So um, back in the 90s, um, a lot of countries who consumed lots of soy foods um, had a historically very low rate of breast cancer. And so the National Cancer Institute actually funded research to help understand the role in soy and cancer prevention um, to help like legitimize that speculation that we were having. And within a decade or so, that research that was having physicians, um, they were recommending limiting or avoiding soy foods um, for people who were at high risk of breast cancer. Um, And it was in 1998 when that research actually began setting a negative tone on the healthfulness of soy foods.
0: So are you telling me that people, especially women, need to avoid soy?
1: So it's kind of a hard answer. There's lots of twists and turns in the soy and breast cancer relationship in that research. Um, a lot of evidence actually supports that adult soy intake prevents breast cancer. That has been somewhat disappointing. Whereas um, early life soy intake, so when we're younger, um, we can have some type of a protective factor against the disease. Um, so ultimately, it's kind of been not possible to claim that the soy and breast cancer controversy has been completely like resolved. Um, and there's lots of research that you can find online to read about this. Um, there's been tons and tons of extensive money and research put in this, but no trial kind of clinical trials have really been able to show the impact of soy um, for women with breast cancer. So. Um, Really, if you read into that, um, the answer would almost be no, Um, but it is important for women with breast cancer to focus on their overall diet, not just foods that, like soy has gotten this notion that could impact their prognosis. Um, So if you look at observational and clinical data, um, it is reasonable to conclude that women with breast cancer can make soy a part of their diet. Um, soy um, foods provide a high quality protein It actually soy lowers our LDL cholesterol, which is um, what is kind of flagged as our bad cholesterol. Um, about 25 grams a day of soy protein um, is that threshold to lower our cholesterol. And so in the clinical trials that um, we are able to read about, many um, of them are showing benefits of um, the soy isoflavonoids to actually help with hot flashes, memory, um, and things. If we're really consuming soy products, about two servings or so a day of soy products is actually showing to be helpful.
0: Abby, I, uh, did a little bit of research on this too before meeting, because I will admit that this is not a subject that I am well-versed on. And I did find, uh, it it was one article, but it had 23 prospective studies in it that had an overall sample size of 300 and almost 31,000 participants. So we're talking a great deal of people. Mm -hmm. And this study actually suggested that there's a significant association uh, for all cause mortality. So uh, remember from our previous episode that that means like any chronic disease, all cause mortality, anything that related to, um, you know, not accidents that could happen um, to uh, mortality rates, uh, and, and in particular those with higher quality um, diets. So in addition to the higher intake of soy, it was associated with a decreased risk of mortality from gastric, colorectal, and lung cancers, as well as cardiovascular diseases. And then the participants in the highest category of dietary, the soy isoflavones that you mentioned, um, intake had a 10% lower risk of all-cause mortality compared to those in the lowest category. And so we also found that a a 10 milligram per day increase in the intake of soy isoflavones was associated with a 7% um, and 9% decreased risk of mortality from all cancers. And this did include breast cancer. Um, The 9% included breast cancer there. So... It does appear that there is some research showing that um, the consumption of isoflavones um, can uh, provide some reduction uh, breast cancer cancer risk reduction. Um, But I think it might be important, and I'm not sure because I haven't looked at all of the research by any means on uh, soy research. But there is a difference between soy protein and the soy isoflavones, and so if you're just simply consuming the soy proteins. you know, to change your protein consumption from an animal-based protein to a plant-based protein. That is not where we're seeing any significant change in all-cause mortality. We're seeing it from the soy isoflavones. Um, And I don't know, again, because I'm not the expert there, I don't know if that makes a difference, like where we started with, whether it's a fermented, non-fermented, or just an ingredient, whether Mm -hmm. the isoflavones are removed in some of those uh, procedures or not, I'm not sure. So, but I think it's also important that uh, you mentioned early research showed one thing. And so I think this is a really good spot to mention that science sometimes appears that it's changing, which was another one of those myths we talked about last week. But many times we start our research on rodents. And so the results differ in rodents than what and their human counterparts. And so I say this to give just a word of caution that when you see a new study, especially one done on rodents, don't just assume that those results can be extended to humans because humans have a much different physiology (laughs) to us than rodents do. And so rodents are a great place, obviously, to start research to see if there's any change, but we can't really make a definitive um, decision about what that science says until we've actually had a chance to test it on humans. So just as a word of caution, look for who the research was done on before we start
1: making any um, solution, statements. I might might add to that too, um, talking about how we see research change over time. Um, As we're researching, we're learning more. So it is no surprise that over 30 years, that's three decades, that what we've heard and been able to learn about soy and breast cancer specifically has changed. Um, And you can think of lots of other examples um, around nutrition, um, where there's research that's constantly changing because we're constantly learning.
0: Absolutely. So uh, we've talked about the link between breast cancer. What are some of the health benefits of soy that have been studied over the years?
1: Yeah. So one of the main um, benefits is um, we kind of already mentioned was lowering our cholesterol so, back in the 90s, there was a large meta analysis study of clinical studies that reported that soy protein lowered that LDL cholesterol. Um, and that was actually studied over the next um, 20 years, and um, the FDA um, continued to reevaluate that claim. Um, and in 1999, they um, kind of re- um, made a claim about soy foods and coronary heart disease. But um, overall, most studies have shown that soy does lower our cholesterol. That's awesome information.
0: And so there are some, even if, you know, it's not decreasing our risk of breast cancer to have some health benefits there um, from consuming soy. So I think it's important to mention as well that soy is the plant-based food that most resembles animal protein. So if you are trying to make that um, change from uh, animal-based diet to a plant-based diet that the uh, soy option is going to be your most comparable as far as protein content and that sort of thing. So as a meat or dairy alternative, soy is a pretty great choice to go with there. So is there any other claims about soy in women specifically that have been made um, and founded by research
1: or no? Back in the 90s, again, those isoflavones were studied, and it was hypothesized that they actually were helping to prevent or alleviate hot flashes. Um, and again, multiple studies and research um, didn't always have the best outcomes, um, maybe some c- contrasting conclusions in some of those studies. But most of them actually suggested that um, it's not effective or it offered a modest benefits However, some recent studies actually suggested that about 50 milligrams um, provided um, about two servings of traditional soy foods every day could be sufficient in um, helping with hot flash alleviation. So um, I I don't know, that might be worth a try to see, um, you know, if that would help alleviate anything for somebody. But there is research that um, soy foods can help with hot flashes and, you Maybe osteoporosis too.
0: That sounds, yeah, it sounds like eating soy isn't going to hurt us. So, yeah, potentially trying some of that to do hot flashes. But tell me more about the osteoporosis.
1: Yeah, so um, bone density and our minerals um, are really important in postmenopausal women. And actually, just a couple years ago in 2021, um, a meta analysis of clinical studies concluded um, that the soy intake is or can be associated with um, increased levels of bone formation markers, Um, although the research said it's quite minimal. Again, um, like what you said, Monica, it doesn't sound like soy is going to hurt us. Um, And if the benefits are minimal, it's still better than nothing. And so research is kind of showing that that could help with um, bone formation and density markers you
0: and I both have mentioned the isoflavones several times. And so some of our listeners might be wondering what exactly is an isoflavone? So can you explain that to them, please?
1: Yeah, isoflavones are the plant-based compounds that are found um, in things and beans like soybeans. And so soybeans are our soy products that we're talking about. Um, And they actually mimic the hormones like estrogen. And so they're actually called um, phytoestrogen and phyto means plants, and estrogen is a hormone. These isoflavons are anti-inflammatory and antioxidants. Um, antioxidants prevent and damage any damage to the cell. So we've heard of antioxidants before, probably like you get them in berries, and they are protective against cancer and things like that. And so, um, same thing for these. They're anti-inflammatory. Um, they have those antioxidants, and so that's why um, soy is being studied so much. Yeah.
0: And it sounds like including soy in our diet uh, is not going to harm us. So it definitely could be uh, beneficial in some senses. So soy has changed so much over the last 30 years, and it's going to be very important for you to read into the research and maybe even try a new soy product and see if you like something. Like I said at the beginning, miso is one of my favorites. And something we didn't talk about, Abby, but maybe we should have, is you mentioned one of the categories of soy products is the fermented variety. And we did have an episode several months ago over fermentation and gut health. And so these, we didn't talk about gut health at all with soy, um, but uh, many of our soy products are in that fermented category like miso, and that's a great uh, fermented food to include in our diet for gut health. So beyond the soy isoflavones that we mentioned, uh, there could be some uh, gut health benefits from the fermentation component. It's not necessarily from the soy, but it's from fermentation. But as always, thank you for joining us on Bite by Bite Nutrition for Life. And until next time, remember to ask questions, challenge the myths, and stay true to you.